I received a text message when I was in hospital one night from someone saying, RIP, nice knowing you. Now, I was about 16 and I thought, I can't go back to that school and people don't know what I'm going through. Hey guys, welcome to the Happy Way podcast, your go-to place for all things fun, happiness, well-being, growth, trust and diversity. I am your host, Melissa Fideli, and I am here to inspire and connect everyone who chooses health and happiness so you can be your healthiest self and live life the happy way. Hello, wonderful people. Today we have Emma Money on the show, who is here to empower you to be your best. Emma is a cystic fibrosis warrior. She was the 2020 Australian of the Year SA Local Hero, author and a motivational speaker. Despite her condition, Emma is the most resilient, empowered and determined woman with the most incredible outlook and passion for life. Emma is a true example of if you have the right mindset, anything is truly possible for you. So hello, Emma. Thank you for coming on the show. (laughs) That's a mouthful of an introduction. Oh, it's all true though. As I was (laughs) doing my research on you for the, you know, getting prepared, I was like, what hasn't this woman done? It's really overwhelming to hear that yeah. when it's read out because I think, oh my god, yeah, I, yeah, I get, yeah, I did do that. Yeah, that's me. Amazing. So, yes. Hello. Thank hello. you for having me. Thank you for coming <laughs> on. I'm so excited to just get into your yeah. life and your journey and just, you know, you your mindset is incredible. And it's like if we can take a little bit of that from today's podcast and yeah. apply that to our own lives, yeah. I feel like, all right, we're going to get shit done. Yeah, like we will. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And yeah. I'm, I'm very energetic. So hopefully love for it. the listeners, they can um, they can feel that through the I'm through sure their ears they today. will. Absolutely. <laughs> so I want to give the listeners a really good background into your life. Sure. Can you explain what cystic fibrosis is and how this has impacted your life? Okay. Well, to, to start with, I just want to say, and I always say this when my voice sounds like this, right? <laughs> and I, we were talking about it before, but people with cystic fibrosis have that husky, sexy voice. Love so um, mine is very husky, sexy today because <laughs> we cough so much. So cystic yeah. fibrosis is a lung disease, primarily affects lungs and digestive system. So mm-hmm. the coughing is a constant chronic cough, which p- plays a bit of a toll on the back of your throat, obviously. Yeah. And then you end up sounding like this. Um, <laughs> so it is. I did have a bit of a cough last night. Um <laughs> Anyway, so how it, I guess, affects me personally, it affects everyone differently. It's actually really hard to uh, hard to believe that in Australia, it is the most common life-threatening hereditary illness affecting Australians. Every four days in Australia, a baby is born with CF and one in 25 Aussies carry the gene and are completely unaware because it's not symptomatic. So mm-hmm. it it's very common. And the way babies are diagnosed, you're diagnosed at birth, is there's a couple of ways. We've got very salty skin, so we we sweat a lot of that out, so we actually have to have sweat uh, or salt replacement tablets. But when a baby's born, they do a heel prick test and there's a couple of other tests that can be done obviously at birth. But the big one for myself is when a baby's born, they pass a, a, a poo, myconium ileus, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. It's Every baby does it. It's like a black tar sort mm-hmm. of like poo. Now, if you don't pass that, then that's a given that the baby has cystic fibroid. I still have a scar on my stomach from from that procedure that gave me a lot of trouble for about six months. Mm. So for me, the mucus is a lot thicker and stickier, which causes trouble to breathe. Pancreatic enzymes I have to have every single day when I eat. I used to take up to 60 tablets a day 
to digest my food. And then on top of that, I have inhaled uh, antibiotics in the morning. So anyone that's got asthma or has seen a vent of a nebulizer, that's the mornings. We do it all over again in the evening. And it's just to stay healthy. And that's hard. But in other ways it affects me. I mean, COVID's been a really funny thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's obviously on the topic for so many people. And everyone has said, well, how have you gone? How are you feeling about that? And It's actually been, I'm very blasé with it, but for a good reason. But it's kind of made the rest of the world accidentally aware of what it's like to live with cystic fibrosis because I have to wear a mask when I'm out and about. You know, people with cystic fibrosis are not allowed to be in touch with each other in the same room because we carry different bugs that could be life-threatening to each other. So isolating is a massive thing for us. So the biggest thing with CF, though, is if I was to say to you, hey, I've got a life-threatening lung disease, you know, you wouldn't believe it. It's an invisible illness. Mm. So it's definitely taught me the mindset to never judge a book by its cover because you just don't know what somebody's going through. And, you know, two weeks, this time last week I was in hospital and I've undergone treatment for the last two weeks. I had a severe chest infection and um, it was actually quite scary. Uh, I was coughing up blood and had to sort of admit to myself that I wasn't okay and needed to seek medical attention. So I landed up in hospital and had, you know, the intravenous treatment to help kill the bacterial infections. That for me happens, you know, once or twice a year where I'm out Mm. for two weeks with that. But yeah, CF's a very hidden illness. And I think for me, if anything, you know, they say again, and the statistics change, but the life expectancy for someone with CF is 37. Now I'm 35 this year. I'm a mum of two and I tell everyone I'm not a carton of milk. I don't have a use by date. So I am on a mission to prove that that expiry date wrong. I think it's gone up a little bit now and we've just had a new life-changing drug approved on the PBS, which is, you know, I've seen people that have been on the lung transplant list and have been removed off of it because of this this drug. Like, it's amazing. So I feel like I'm going to be okay for a bit longer and um, I think with the, the treatment and my mindset and what I'm doing in the world... Yeah like watch out <laughs> I'm unstoppable You're so full of life and <laughs> Try to so, be. yeah it's nothing's gonna stop you no. I love it <laughs> wow that's incredible I had no idea that it was so common as well it is and yeah. I think um you know I often talk of and I'll again I yeah. always talk about some pivotal I guess important parts of my world mm. and For me, I mean, everyone's probably listening. How many people have actually lost a friend in life? It's a little bit morbid to talk about, but I was six when I remember the first person with cystic fibrosis passing away, a 12-year-old girl. And then as I grew up, a funeral became an annual event. Like, that's not okay. So I've grown up around so many people that have lost because lung deterioration has happened and their lungs have slowly just given way. And, Mm. you know, uh, the amount of friends I've seen who have undergone lung transplants that... Whilst I see that as a great, it is a great thing, it gives you a second chance mm. at life, so I'm a big advocate for organ donation, but I've also seen the sadness of lungs, you know, rejecting the new body and, and yeah. watching those people deteriorate all over again. So people don't see that and mentally there is a whole other element, you know. I feel yeah. like it's not just the lungs and digestive system. There's yeah. a mental capacity inside of that Absolutely. as well. So I think my mission, my story is pretty unique, yeah. as you'll get to learn, yeah. and um, I think I've just learned that, you know what, everyone's going through something in their life, no matter what it is. And it it really doesn't hurt to be kind to other people. And, you know, the only person that can control what 
you know, positive things are going to happen is you. So it starts yeah. with you. And if I can sprinkle a little bit of glitter in the world yeah. by doing what I do and help someone know that they're not alone and it's okay. And you know what? Let's defy the odds regardless, disability, yeah. visible, invisible. It shouldn't be an excuse or a reason to fail. Yeah. And I'm going to be an example for that. You are amazing. I'm already <laughs> so inspired. I've asked you one question. I know. I talk a lot. Sorry. I love it. So let's get into your story because yeah. you have a truly inspiring story and journey. Your, your journey through life has been incredible. Um, you. You've defied the odds. You've overcome so many challenges. Can you tell us about this? And what is it that keeps you pushing forward so you can inspire so many people along the way? Well, to be honest, I'll give you a I'll give you the once upon a time. Yeah, um, please do. When I was born, I was given up for adoption. I was only a couple of days old and my biological family were told that I, this baby, would not survive through her childhood. So they made the right decision for them and that was to give me up for adoption. Now, they were a family that were new to Australia from Greece with okay. very little language, Australian English language, let alone the knowledge of CF. So that was the right decision for them. Now, Park that for a minute because that comes back into what happened. Now, I've got a brother, biological brother, who's four years older than I am and a younger sister, 14 months younger to be exact. Anyway, park that one. So my parents that adopted me, my adoptive parents mm -hmm. are my parents. I'm very obviously adopted. My dad is a black man and my mum is, she's English, so we look nothing yeah. alike. And okay. I'm a Greek goddess is what yes. I tell them. I've come from this Greek family and, yeah. you know, I'm the Greek goddess of the family. Yeah. And I was the chosen one. Yeah, <laughs> so my dad is probably the most amazing person I can talk of. Now, it's probably a bit, it's a bit soon to be talking about this, but you're the first person I'll go into mm. it with. We sadly lost my dad about six weeks ago and my dad, when I was adopted, he was a paraplegic with one leg, one hip and he had kidneys at that point but him and my mum wanted to adopt a baby to give them a life and mm -hmm. sort of dad's disability didn't define him or anything and they wanted to give a child that opportunity to live a normal, mm -hmm. I say normal, like what is normal, yeah, what is normal? you know, yeah. normal life and they adopted me and it was kind of, we had a bit of a joke about it. It was fast-tracked because my dad actually was going off to Seoul to compete in the Paralympics representing Australia in weightlifting. Wow. So from the get-go, my mindset, I think I've, I've yeah. grown up from that foundation that he was very visibly disabled, but it didn't stop him from being the most able dad, probably more able than an able-bodied man, to be honest, in some degree. And just the lessons and love that my parents had given me. Now, I truly believe if I grew up with my biological family, I wouldn't be here today. But the mindset that I've got from my, from, you know, to be positive and to just get on with it is from my parents. I'll tell you a little quick story about my dad, because this is really important. And I, I do a lot of motivational speaking and yeah. I've always spoken of my dad's journey to an extent, yeah. but you can see where I get my, my, my zest yeah. and resilience from. Wow. Um, when COVID hit, again COVID, dad was on the way to dialysis. Now he had no kidneys and he was dialysed three times a week. He was on the way to dialysis, driving down the hill, the taxi driver was, and he nodded off the taxi driver for a second. And my dad screamed out to stop and he catapulted out of the wheelchair and snapped the leg that he did have. Now, long story short, that resulted in dad having to have that leg amputated. So then 
what happened is we went through a, a f- good few months where we nearly lost my dad because of his health being so ill. And mm. he was very uh, hard. It, he's like, if you think of Humpty Dumpty is what I would always say to him, call him because, yeah. you know, he would fall off, but we couldn't, we couldn't put him back together, but yeah. he always came back somehow. Now, over the last few years, I have watched my dad mentally disappear and be- become invalid. And this is someone that I've looked to my entire life that I'm like, if dad can do it, I can do it. You know, this is a man that has to get up and go to dialysis every second day. And if he doesn't, he'll die. For me with CF, if I don't do my treatment, whilst it's minimal in, in some degree, it's not going to be an overnight I'm going to die, yeah. but it's going to be a longer and a quicker process to have lung deterioration. So he inspired me to go, just get on with it. And he'd always tell us that there's always someone worse off in the world than us. So stop feeling sorry for yourself. Like you can, and that's okay, but you got to learn to actually pull yourself out of it. Now, during the period of this last few years with dad, there's a song by Guy Sebastian, Standing With You. And that sort of became our family song because we could not help my dad mentally. It was a journey that he needed to go through. And I think this is an important lesson for anybody that mm. you can't help someone that won't help themselves or can't help themselves. Mm. You know, we had so much and have so much love for him and supported him and all of that and beyond. And I watched him become so distant and just didn't, you know, he, it was like an airhead almost yeah. of him not being present anymore. In saying all of that, we got him better again and we always seem to bring him back and, yeah. you know, we were very supportive. And then last year um, he fell very ill and we had many, many visits into intensive care where we were sat into a room saying he's going to pass and we've got to get ready to say goodbye. But we knew he wasn't ready and we just held on all hope and faith. And it sounds really cliche and, you know, that doesn't happen in real life. But yeah. I tell you what, there is that many times in his life that he nearly died and I can tell you we've had that many conversations that he's yeah. going to go. Finally, the last day I spent with him was the day before he passed and he we had some really beautiful chats, but he wasn't ready and he told me that he wasn't ready. You know, he wasn't he's got grandchildren and he didn't want to go. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, he knows what my plans in life were and my goals and what I'm doing. And he was my biggest, biggest supporter, as as my mum is as well. But dad, you know, I was a daddy's girl. Yeah. So if anything now, my inspiration is to go, you know what, he proved everyone wrong yeah. in so many ways. He went and did things the unimaginable. He was a Muslim and converted to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like that's a wow. massive thing too back in back when we were younger. But my point is, is he followed his heart, yeah. never took no for an answer, you know, failed, tried again, tried again until he was successful. And you know, I think we are his greatest legacy. So my zest now is to be like, all right, game on. What what else can I do? And, you know, where to next? Wow, that is incredible. Yeah, it is. Yeah. What a role model to have in life, you know, and given the circumstances and your journey that you've been on, you were really blessed with someone who has shown you as an example how to fight and how to be resilient and it is. It's a big thing, and I think yeah. when um, people say who's your hero and who do you look up to, I, I speak of him. So yeah. fast forward all those years, right? That's one. That was a side story. I told you I talk about. Yeah. Okay. Get um, into the other stuff. The yeah. other stuff. Um, so when I was about sixteen, like I spent a lot of my time in and out of hospital. You know, I think many of us can relate to having some form of bullying throughout. Mm-hmm. You know, high school. And for me, I found as I was as I've gotten older, when people don't understand something, they can deal with it in two ways. They can be ignorant, and you know the other one is to be nasty in some way or just completely ignore what it is. 
So I, I did go through bullying. One story I always tell because I think it showed from a young age that I was ready to, you know, yeah. I knew I was going to make a difference in the world is something I did with self-confidence. So Mm -hmm. there was this high school here in Adelaide I really wanted to go to and it was just ridiculously expensive. There was no way my parents could afford it. So I didn't tell my mum but I was in year seven and I created a PowerPoint presentation and I sent it to the school and said, this is who I am, you need me at your school, I'm going to be an asset. Anyway, I was given a full scholarship to that school and um, I remember and I talk of it because you know what, I believed in me and I knew what I could offer and it it didn't matter. It could I could have had nothing, but I had that confidence. And that was probably the first pivotal moment where I realised that I thought outside the square and I made something happen. And I was really blessed to do that. But unfortunately, wow. I did go through quite a lot of bullying at that school because I fell yeah. really ill very quickly. So a lot of times I was in hospital when people didn't understand that. So then I got to year 11 And this is pivotal in my story too. So I got to year 11 and I'd been so sick. You know, the bullying was not great. Mum never bubble wrapped me. If I was sick, Mm -hmm. it was, well, you need to be in hospital or, you know, you need to do this and that. So she always kind of called my bluff. I was treated, you know, like everyone else. Mm -hmm. First day of year 11, I walked into the homeroom and all the girls that had bullied me over the last few years were all in that room and I walked straight out. Anyway, I went home sick. And mum came to pick me up and she said, if you're sick, we're driving straight to the hospital. And I knew in my head I wasn't actually that CF sick, but what I did know is I couldn't go back there. So this was a big role for me too, a big lesson, sorry, because I mentally believed it, so it happened. I fell so crook so quickly and I went downhill because in my head I was like, you're sick, Emma, you're sick, Emma. And I was I was extremely unwell. I was in hospital for quite a long time and I ended up getting a wish granted from the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I wished to <laughs> the unwishable wish, which was mm-hmm. to model surfwear clothing and keep all the clothes, which came true, and I did that. But one thing my dad received, well, my dad, sorry, had sent a, a message to the school saying I was sick and I received a text message when I was in hospital one night from someone saying, RIP, nice knowing you. Now, I was about 16 and I thought, wow. I can't go back to that school and people don't know what I'm going through. So that oh, mentality. That's horrible. It is. It was. And I thought. I've never been nasty to anybody and I really struggled. It was a bit of a mental battle. So I had this wish and I came back from the wish and I was actually healthy and mum was like, right, we're going to go back to school. And I was like, I can't go back to that school. There's no yeah. way. So my younger sister was at a different school in Adelaide and I ended up starting at her school. The bullying started again because I started in year 11, halfway through, mm. and I was what was seemed to be this model because I was on posters and whatnot. I actually wasn't modelling because I was picked to be a model, you know, in the traditional way of casting a model. I was chosen because I had cystic fibrosis and that was my wish and there was a lot behind it. But I had girls, you know, throwing eggs at the car that I was driving, girls, you know, pushing me up in the lockers, tripping me over. There was a lot of things that were said. I remember being invited to a sleepover and one of the girls told the bullies of my school that I was, you know, at her house in a tent in the backyard and they all came and sabotaged me in the tent when my friend had left to run inside to go to the toilet quickly. And there was a lot more that went on. So um, it was horrible, really horrible. So I ended up really random, but I still seemed to have this confidence. I had a life outside of school. Like I had CF going on. I had Mm -hmm. friends passing away. I had two, three weeks at a time where I'd be absent. So 
At the end of year 11, there was a national magazine, Girlfriend magazine. I don't know if you remember Girlfriend. Yes, I loved Girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> and then there's Dolly, the Dolly Doctor. Yes, and all I remember yes. all of those. So I, again, thought, you know what, my dad's never felt sorry for himself. He just gets on with it. Mm. And that's what I had to do. So Girlfriend had this competition where you had to write in what your dream in life is and what you've done to achieve it so far. Now, when I'm talking about I had a life outside of school, I've always done a lot of fundraising for cystic fibrosis. You know, I've raised over sixty, seventy thousand dollars towards research and services for CF. I've always raised awareness. I love being in front of the camera. And for me, one thing I loved is that I wanted to prove that CF meant that I could still, you know, do those glamorous things. You never could Google a girl with cystic fibrosis and see someone glamorous pop up. So I wanted to change that. I wanted people to Google my name. So I ended up writing in what I'd done and all of that. I ended up winning the competition and that opened up a huge, you know, there was so much more. I won't keep going on in depth with everything because I'll be here for hours. But (laughs) the key points to that part of my life was I wrote my first autobiography at 17. It was published because that same year I won that competition, I found my birth family here in Adelaide by accident after they were told I was dead. So my brother, who's four years older, remembers my funeral and that story itself was, I don't even know how to explain that, even talking that out loud gives me goosebumps. So I since came to learn that my birth father had orchestrated a phone call to be given to my birth mother to tell her that the baby they gave up for adoption died and my brother only in a, only a few years ago, which is really, you know, it's an unfinished sort of story, but only a few years ago he told me he remembers driving past a cemetery here in Adelaide to where she would look for my my, my stone, which was really hard to hear. Um, you know, I've wow. got kids and I just couldn't imagine at that oh, age what that goodness. has done. Yeah. Anyway, that blew up, as you could imagine. So yeah. I used to journal all the time. That was very therapeutic mm. for me and write poetry and all of that stuff. Yeah. And yeah, when I won Girlfriend, it just sort of all came out. I also became the National Youth Ambassador of Australia for Cystic Fibrosis. And I was travelling all over the country as well as doing Year 12 and, you know, wow. having this CF life and yeah. my life got busy. But I was healthy and I graduated high school, something I never thought I would do. And then I've travelled the world, the States, I've done Europe, I've done, I did everything that I didn't think I could do. I made it all happen. And it's because obviously I'm blessed with the support that I've had. And everyone goes, oh God, here she goes again, but she'll do it. Like watch her. And I will. And I do. And I will bring people now on that journey with me and you know, fast forward all this time later, the most amazing thing probably to date is is babies. So CF Mummy, which is me, mm. <laughs> started because I was told I could never, uh, well, men with CF, I, I lie, men with cystic fibrosis are infertile, majority, 98%. Yeah. And for me, I woke up one day and it was like this switch went on and I was ready to be a mum. But mm. God forbid a woman with cystic fibrosis was to have a baby. Yeah. So I started researching it all. And one of the biggest things I found that I was reading is why would you have a baby if you know you're going to die and not be here to see it grow up? And there was a lot of negativity around it. But then I thought, hold on, I've got a dad in a wheelchair and he like, he kicks ass. Why can't, why can't I do it? And then it was almost like it was meant to be. And then I um, fell pregnant not long after naturally, which was a blessing. I was really Mm -hmm. healthy throughout my pregnancy. Um, And I had my beautiful miracle baby, I call her, Ava. And two years later, I had my son, Logan. So I've got Ava and Logie. And, you know, they're eight 
eight, well, what are they? I can't even think. Yeah, eight, <laughs> nearly nine and nearly nearly seven. Yeah. Um, and they are they're my reason. And I created CF Mummy just to show what living with CF and being pregnant was like. Yeah. And then CF Mummy evolved. And, yeah. you know, you, well, you can ask me questions in a minute about a few yeah. bits because I'm sure there's a couple. But fast forward to where it's got to now is, you know, 2020 I won Australian of the Year Local Hero for SA because yeah. of the work that I do within the community. I love volunteering my time to give back to others and I've since created, you know, my business with a few different, yeah. I guess, titles with things that I mm. do. But CF Mummy's grown, not just to the CF community anymore. And um, it's like, wow, how did I get here? And, and here mm. I am. So Incredible. There's probably a bit too much of information. No, <laughs> what a story. So at 17, you published your first book. Yep. You're a motivational speaker. And your list of achievements is very long and impressive, so I'm not even going to go through them all. (laughs) Um, How do you stay so dedicated to your dreams? We all have bad days. I'm sure you do too. So when that self-doubt comes in, what do you do on those days? What do you tell yourself? How do you move through the doubt and kind of push forward? Yeah, good question. I think for me personally, I go into almost a bit of an anxiety attack and I'm notorious Mm. for just not answering my phone if I'm feeling like that because I have this, you know, persona of what I want people, how I want people to perceive me, that I'm happy and I'm bright and I'm bubbly, which I am, but even the best have bad days. And what I've learned, it sounds really dicky, (laughs) but it's okay to just have a day on the couch and just be negative and think all those bad negative thoughts. But don't hate yourself. Don't punch yourself up about it. You know, for me, I'll have a hot bath and I'll just sit and binge on Netflix and pretend that I'm living one of those, you know, lifestyles that that we don't live or you just kind of get consumed into a series and binge. I think I've learned it's really important to to not, and again, it's, you know, one of those cliche sayings, it's okay not to be okay, but it really yeah, is. Yeah. What's important is, like you said, how do you get out of that and, and what do you do? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I actually find myself writing, whether it's mentally or on piece of paper, a piece of paper, I will sort of look at why I'm feeling like shit really. Yeah. And then with that list, I'll look at, you know, the first three reasons and how mm-hmm. many of those things on my list do I have control over? You know, you cannot control everything. So the things you don't have control on, get rid of it. Like whatever's going to be is going to be. And the things you do have control on are all over. That's where you can then start working through them and going, all right, I've got control over this. Like tomorrow I've got to go food shopping because there's no food in the fridge. Mm -hmm. It's a small task, but we all have to do that, whoever you are. It could be a CEO of a big big company or, you know, whatever your role is, you're still Mm -hmm. a human and we still have those basic everyday to-dos. So start simple and it's like, all right, I've got to make a shopping list, you know, and set yourself just some basic things for the next day and then take the next couple of days as it comes because we live in a world where we're Mm -hmm. so suffocated with influence or, you know, wrongful information. Social media, you know, yes, I'm on it, but even that I've had to do the unfollow of a few things Absolutely. so that I don't get consumed. You know, it's it, that's a whole element in itself. I've got friends that don't even have social media and mm. I'm like, how do you not have yeah. it? We all have it, you know. <laughs> but I think it's, in, yeah, it's important just to, to strip it all back, go yeah. back to basics, keep it simple and work out for yourself what it is that you've got control over yeah. and work through it. And then, you know, really good example, this last week being so sick for me, when we were going through the loss of my dad and my children had to watch us go through that, we were a very close family and yeah. they saw him suffering and they saw him the night before 
and seeing how that affected them, you know, you still got to be positive. So when I got sick and they saw me how sick I was, they straight away thought, mm. is this going to happen to mummy? Yeah. And so I crashed rock bottom and in hospital I just I felt like CF had won and I was mm. angry. I was disappointed and I just kind of wanted to tell it where to go but yeah. it, I had no control over that. I had to lay there and mm. just let it be what it is. A couple of days in, you know, there was all – I'd find everything to be negative about because, of course, it's not what I wanted. Yeah. But I just had to go through it. And then day seven, eight hit me where the drugs finally had – killed off the bugs day eight happened and I was like shit I've got this like new energy I've got this Mm. glow again and I slowly just started tip you know tapping away and planning an event at the moment something I'm Mm. I'll talk about in a moment what I what I'm doing moving forward but I I was able to just get my glow back really because I did rest recover and my nurse said to me on Tuesday when I had the needle out he said, Emma, look, I'm not going to lie, you looked like shit last week. And yeah. I was like, thanks. thanks. He goes, but I'm telling you because we, I don't even know who you are today because yeah, I, wow. you know, rocked in my active wear as I'm always yeah. in active wear. It's yeah. what I do. Yeah, <laughs> I same. do go to the gym. Yeah. love the gym. I think all of us are notorious, but I earn yeah. my rights to wear my active wear every day. Yeah. But it was so nice to hear that I looked like shit to then know I was better yeah. and I got my glow back, but only I could sort of get yeah. that glow back on my own and I've made a list yeah. and I'm just that list is I always say I like to have a list of possibles mm. not impossibles because I like that because it's a good thing. you know like you said you you got to feel the feelings you do feel it when you if you if you're having a bad day feel it but then take action yeah you know don't sit in it forever make an action plan and make it simple and make yeah. it small and work on it day by day simple steps yeah it's, it's sim- and that's yeah. simple. Like, yeah, yeah. And when you probably, start, you know, for me, when if I was hearing someone tell me this advice when I'm in a slump, I'd tell them mm. where to go as well. Yeah. I'd be like, you don't get where I'm coming from. And that's when mentally I've had to sort of work it out myself if I don't deal with it and mm. I push it to the side, I'll be triggered about it later on. Yeah. So I need to deal with it there and then mm. and just let it be for what it is. But also remember all the good around me, yeah. which yeah. is important we, for everyone to do. We, we forget, forget the good. That. Yeah, yeah. and there's a lot easy. of good. There's so you know? much good, but when you're in a bad way or you're having a bad day, you think everything is bad. Exactly. You think you have a bad life, but yeah. you don't. No, you don't. You've got to be grateful for the small things. You've got a roof over your head. You know, you've got food on the table, yeah. even if it's two-minute noodles. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it. Or whatever. Yeah. Like, be yeah. grateful for the small things because there are a lot of people in the world that are worse off, genuinely, and yeah. a lot of people who would love to be where you are in life, I think. So Amazing. be grateful. So <laughs> your message of anything is truly possible really really shines bright. So can you tell us your mindset tips as well as any tools that our listeners can take from this episode that they can use when they start to lose sight of who they are or maybe what they're working on in life? Yeah. You know, any little bits and pieces of advice you you gave such a good tip there with the, you know, making a list and, yeah. and making your journal and all of that. But do you yeah. have any other little bits of information that you could give? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Like, well, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the gift of the gap. I've yeah, always got things. <laughs> but I love that I feel like I've earned my right now because of what yeah. I've gone through. So Absolutely. I do speak. One of my biggest things is I go into schools and businesses and mm. speak on the health and wellness topic by drawing on my experiences to provide examples of how you can do things better and I love that because Mm -hmm. if I can make a difference in one person's day by sharing and being vulnerable which isn't always an easy thing too because you put yourself out there for 
God knows what, yeah. but, you know, it, it is what it is. And I, I love that. I'm very passionate in, in helping other people. So for me, I think one of one of the biggest things I think we need to do is, again, I love keeping it simple because we don't want to overstep it, is I always tell people to smile at a stranger. You know, if you're in the supermarket, at a petrol station, wherever you are, if you if you see someone and they look they're not even smiling. If you smile at them, that you're going to get a few reactions, right? Yeah. You're either going to get someone look at you and go, what the what fuck the is she hell? looking at? Yeah. Like, why is she smiling? Who are you? You know, or they'll like look at their body and think, oh, is there something wrong with me? Yeah. Or they'll smile back and say hello. Yeah. Or they won't acknowledge you and they'll walk off. But then if you turn around and look, they'll look back at you. I've had yeah. that one a few times. Or they think you're hitting on them, which yeah, yeah, is yeah, not a good one either. Say, they're going to think you're trying to pick them up. Don't wink at anyone. Smile. Yeah. But smiling at a stranger is a simple form of kindness that can restore people's faith in humanity. And mm-hmm. I think that is so important. It's free. And I love that. So that's just something um, that I always tell people to do. But as far as when it comes to what you as a person to do, you can do, and, you know, I only draw on what experiences I've had is that, it, again, you know, I I can't help somebody unless they want to help themselves. And it's simple to make a list. I'm a big list person. But if you're not a list person, you know, you might be able to have a look at some stuff. You know, people say vision boards. I've never actually done a vision board. I'm a big believer of them. But I like to set goals. And I think setting goals, you know, whether it's travel or whatever, there was a period of time in my life that I knew had no idea how I was going to do it, but I knew I wanted to work on my friendships Mm -hmm. and what that looked like. In the world that I'm in with women's empowerment, something I personally do is, again, being in social media. On Instagram, I'll make an effort if I go on Instagram, which I do most days as part of my work, but I will make sure that I comment on another female's page on a picture, which sounds silly, but if someone commented on one of my posts going, you look great, girl, or well done, or, you know, whatever it might be, love hearts, if it's another female or or someone giving me that, I'm like, yeah, I feel good about myself. So I make an effort to go out of my way, and it's a simple thing, again, to make someone else's day. But there are so many different things I could could give yeah. you advice on in that sense but I think it all starts with you and starts, as a person and, and with kindness yeah you know I feel like everything you've said really comes down to just being a nice person yeah and be humble absolutely. you know yeah um, absolutely when I won the Australian of the Year awards when went through that process mm. one of the most common comments that everyone that's in that alumni has said is yeah. that we suffer from imposter syndrome because yeah. we don't deserve that title and it took me a really long time like I talk we can hear yeah. that I talk a lot <laughs> And I had to film a commercial, which is actually on the Australian of the Year. It's on YouTube if you yeah. look up Emma Money. Because yeah. guess what? You can Google Emma Money oh, now. Oh, of course and I you can. Up. You manifested that. that. Yeah. Um, which is scary if my daughter starts looking how to Google. Just because yeah. <laughs> nothing bad, but you just, yeah. oh, it's actually out there now. Yeah. Um, but it's so true. It is imposter syndrome because, but I had, yeah, so I was going to I filmed that commercial and what happened is it took forever because I just could not swallow that I was holding a flag not just for myself, but I was mm-hmm. holding it for all the people with CF that are no longer here, the newly diagnosed families, the mums, the dads, the grandparents. Then I was holding a flag for disability, visible yeah. and invisible. Then I was just holding a, a flag for women. And these flags on all of a sudden holding, I was like, oh, my God, I'm accidentally becoming yeah. someone of influence. But to do greater good in the world. And it's, again, I it, I was joking with someone yesterday saying, oh, it's very Miss Universe to say yeah. it. You know, <laughs> I just want world peace. Yeah. But it if you want to do good in the world and give back in a nice way, that, that, that's all I yeah. want, you know. Yeah. I had a lot of shit growing up in so many ways and mm-hmm. if I can 
make a positive impact, like I said before, and help someone realise their full potential. Now I'm starting to learn that, you know what, the right people will surround you and support you. Um, The wrong people, you know, you're always going to have the jealous people. There's always people with negative comments, which, you know what, actually that gives me a good point to give you too. You don't have to agree with everyone. You have to, and we have to embrace the differences amongst us because there is a reason we're all different. We look different. We think different. So I've really learned to embrace the differences of opinion and, Mm. you know, situations. And I might not always agree. I might not always understand, but I'll listen and I'll take that on board and learn. And I think that's really important as well. So before we wrap up today, what is one piece of advice you wish you could have given your younger self? Oh, that's a good, that is a good question. Yeah. I've been asked that a few times. I think don't sweat the small stuff and tomorrow's another day. You know, mm. it sounds silly. I always feel like a lot of things I say are silly. But Absolutely I, <laughs> not. I, um, I really think that because while, you know, you fall over and you're going to get back up again tomorrow. Yeah. And I think for me back then I got so, my younger self got so consumed in the world that I was living in, I mm. forgot what I actually wanted in life. And if I'd focused more on where I knew I was going, God knows if I was going to make it there or not. But I always say, Walt Disney says, if you can dream it, you can do it. And I'm a great example of that. Yeah. So I, maybe just if you can dream it, you can do it. But yeah. I get it now. That's actually really bloody true. It is. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so where can our followers find you? If they want to look into your Instagram or your website, where do they go? Yeah, cool. So I, my Instagram is CFMummy, which is short for Cystic Fibrosis Mummy. Yeah. And then I do have a website as well, um, which is cfmummy.com.au. But, yes, got a lot of exciting things coming up. I've actually got my own podcast coming out nice. next May, which I've titled The Princess of Possible. And I'm her and I'm making, I'm actually sharing stories of other inspiring CF people that are, you know, making the possible, making the impossible possible. But I have a lot of things coming up. May is CF Awareness Month. So yeah, there's lots, lots to look at. Beautiful. Thank you so much for everything you've shared today. Your story is incredible and I feel so inspired. I was just in awe of everything you've done, everything you've achieved and and I'm excited to see what else you're going to do because I know it's going to be amazing. So yeah. thank, thank you. you. I um yeah, and you know anyone that's listening that wants to reach out, I I love being able to reach back to people yeah. and, and and connect. So, you know, I'm more than happy to any questions or anything people can you know, get in touch. Yes, thank you. So, <laughs> thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, of course. Thank you. So, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you have taken even just one piece of wisdom from this episode that you can apply to your life to help you grow and be a happier and healthier version of you. Please like, subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and make sure to share us on your socials. Sending lots of love to you all. Bye. Amazing. <laughs>